can find it on the front of your bulletin. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwinds. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you, and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the heavenly beings shouted for joy. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I failed to mention earlier, but um, I'm, I'm up here for, at the request of Pastor Steve, and who was planning on being out of town today. Unfortunately, uh, Atlanta was uh, very busy with uh, Braves fans at the game, and then hotels were few and far between. So Pastor Steve is, is here with us this morning. Are you serious? So the scripture this morning from Job, that question could be asked, was asked by Job. It was asked by three of his Job's friends. And it was also asked by God. Right? A um, little bit of background. Job was a very rich man. And although he did not belong to the people of Israel, he worshipped the Lord and was a truly good person. But Satan talked to God and accused Job of serving God only because God was blessing him. And let me mention, what I'm reading now is from an introduction to the book of Job, not my own words. Uh, so. so God agreed to let Satan take away Job's wealth, his children, and finally his health to see whether Job would stay faithful to God. And Job did remain faithful. Then three of Job's friends came to comfort him. They believed that health and prosperity were signs of God's blessing. And because Job had lost both his health and his prosperity, the three friends insisted that God must be punishing Job for some sin. Job answered that he was innocent, and this meant that they were, the friends were wrong. Job and his friends argued back and forth with neither side really proving the other wrong. Although at the end of the argument, the friends gave up. Job was suffering deeply and several times during the argument, he asked God to appear and explain the reason for his suffering. Then after the friends stopped speaking, Job decided that humans cannot find the kind of wisdom that gives answers to the deep questions of life. Only God has that wisdom. So most of you know uh, that I'm a scientist, more specifically a geologist. So you are in for a science lesson today. But I did want to read some of the scripture again, which comes from the common English version, 
from the UK, Anglicized. Sometimes you can get different, different uh, interpretations and meanings from different, different versions. From out of a storm, the Lord said to Job, Why do you talk so much when you know so little? Now get ready to face me. Can you answer the questions I ask? How did I lay the foundation of the earth? Where were you? Doubtless you know who decided its length and width. Who supports its foundation? What supports? Who placed the cornerstone while morning stars sang and angels rejoiced? When the ocean was born, I set its boundaries and wrapped it in blankets of thickest fog. Then I built a wall around it, locked the gates and said, Your powerful waves stop here. They can go no further. Did you ever tell the sun to rise? And did it obey? From where does lightning leap or the east wind blow? Who carves out a path for thunderstorms? Who sends torrents of rain on empty deserts where no one lives? Rain that changes barren land to meadows green with grass. Who is the father of the dew and of the rain? Who gives birth to the sleet and the frost that fall in winter? When streams and lakes freeze solid as rock. Can you arrange stars in groups such as Orion and the Pleiades? Do you control the stars or set in place the great bear and the little bear? Do you know the laws that govern the heavens? And can you make them rule the earth? Can you order the clouds to send a downpour? Or will lightning flash at your command? Did you teach birds to know that rains or floods are on the way? Can you count the clouds or pour out their water on dry, lumpy soil? So. I've always enjoyed looking at the physical world, uh, the earth, the majestic landscapes of the United States, some of which I've visited, including the Grand Canyon, Petrified Forest, the Great Smoky Mountains of the Carolinas, the Rocky Mountains in the West, the deserts of the Southwest, to the South Pacific Coast, to the wetlands of the Carolinas, coastal plains, and the rocky shores of Maine. Quite a few others, but you know, all of these land features are formed mostly by water, either moving as a liquid or as a solid ice, as in glaciers. And I've always been fascinated with water. You know, the Great Lakes, the Mississippi, the Amazon, the greatest rivers, and even the Catawba River. If y'all visited the north side of the Catawba River and you're uh, just on the other side of I-77, if you have, which is an elevation of about 50 feet above the river, what you'll find are rounded stones that were formed by the river itself. So sometime in geologic history, the river was at that location. And with time, it erodes. So all of our landforms are created by running water or ice. In this case, running water. You know, water is the essence of our life. So our bodies are made of 60 to 75% of water. More for, the, more for the youth. We can go a few days... Well, if we go a few months without food, 
but we can only go a few days without water. The interesting thing about water, the property, it becomes less dense as the temperature approaches the freezing point. There's a, a lot of other substances, most all other substances, as they approach the freezing point, they just continue to get denser and denser. What do you think would happen if water did the same thing? If the water would get denser and denser as it approached the freezing point, ice would form at the bottom of your glass rather than at the top. It would form at the bottom of lakes rather than at the top. Eventually, in the, at least in the locations that freeze part of the year, you would have frozen lakes throughout the entire year. Maybe a little bit of water during the summer. So, interesting thing, why is it like that? Who made it that way? And thinking about our solar system, including the sun and the eight, eight planets that we have, nine if you used to think about Pluto as being a planet, recently classified as a dwarf planet rather than a full planet. So the inner planets are made of rock, iron, and nickel, while other planets like Saturn and Jupiter are made up of gases like helium and hydrogen. The Earth is 93 million miles from the sun. It takes eight minutes okay, for light to approach to get to the Earth from the sun. Neptune, the most distant planet, is 30 times further. The solar system is 10 to 16 billion years old, and the Earth is about 4.6 billion years old. The atmosphere and the surface of the Earth are primarily heated by the sun. The temperature of the sun at the surface is about 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So we're heated by the sun and also from volcanic activity from below. Some of you may have seen the recent pictures of Canary Island that's uh, erupting with lava flowing out. Heat is coming from the inner earth as well. So the temperature on, of our planet, so if we think about Mercury, the surface, the average daytime temperature is 750 degrees Fahrenheit. What is the average temperature for Earth? You think about Rock Hill, the average annual temperature is 62 degrees Fahrenheit with a monthly low average in June of 33 degrees Fahrenheit and a monthly high of, in July of 91 degrees Fahrenheit. So quite a bit of range. The coldest and warmest temperatures ever measured on Earth recorded a negative 128 degrees Fahrenheit. Negative 128, can you imagine? That was in Antarctica in 1983. The highest temperature, 134 degrees Fahrenheit. Death Valley in 2012. Quite a range. And people live on every continent, except for Antarctica. They visit there for some time to study, study the glaciers and the ice. So Earth is the third planet from the sun. It's the only planet that can sustain life as we know it. And it's all made possible by many specific conditions that exist as they are. And I'll list a few of those. The distance from the sun and the amount of sunlight it receives. The right temperature, the right amount of light. 
the 24-hour daily rotation of the earth that gives us our days and our nights. The 365-day revolution around the sun and a certain tilt of the earth. It's not straight up and down. It's, it's tilted. And that tilt and the revolutions gives us our spring, gives us our seasons. Spring, summer, fall, and winter. The inner core of the earth is made of molten iron and nickel. And with the revolution, the rotation of the earth, the molten inner outer core and the solid inner core creates a magnetic field of the earth. That magnetic field protects us from the solar winds coming from the sun. If we didn't have the magnetic field, our atmosphere would blow away like Venus and Mercury. So we would have no atmosphere. And our atmosphere consists of 78% uh, nitrogen, 21% oxygen, less than 1% argon, and only 0.04% carbon dioxide, and then some other minor components. You and I need oxygen between 19.5 and 23.5% to survive. Too low, we suffocate. Too high, we go crazy. So very specific conditions, and why is it here, why is it? And then we think about the hydrosphere, last I do. The hydrosphere is the water, the water in the atmosphere, the water on the ground, on the earth, the oceans, the lakes, and some of the water in the upper soil of the earth. You're familiar with hurricanes and thunderstorms that occur during the summer. Do you ever think about what they do for the earth? Did you, did you know that these weather events reduce the surface temperature of the earth? The warmer it is, the more water goes into the atmosphere. It rises, it cools, it rains. The cooling water comes down. So you're transferring heat from the surface to the atmosphere with these weather events. This is God's thermostat for the surface of the earth. There are also currents within the Earth's ocean. You all know of the Gulf Stream. It's a current within the ocean about 5.4 miles per hour on average, flowing from Florida to, to Maine and beyond and going on to, uh, to Europe. And this is part of a much larger Earth current water system within the ocean that circulates water. It also regu helps regulate temperature. What do, you, what do you think would happen to um, Norway if we didn't have the Gulf Stream? It would look a whole lot like Greenland. A lot more ice. It wouldn't be as temperate in the, in, in the United Kingdom. It would be a lot colder in, uh, in New York City in the winter. A lot colder. And how many of you all have been to the Appalachian Mountains? Anybody been to Lap Appalachian Mountains? How about the Rocky Mountains? Very good. The Appalachian Mountains were as high, if not higher, than the Rocky Mountains were when they were formed. The Appalachian Mountains were formed about 450 million years ago when North America and South America were colliding with Europe and Africa, creating the Appalachian Mountains. Since that time, They've been separating. 
Um, the Appalachian Mountains may have been similar to the Himalayan Mountains. It was high. You know, the Himalayan Mountains are still growing. They're still getting higher. But we're separated from, from Europe. The Atlantic Ocean is getting larger and North as North America and South America are moving away from Europe and Africa. The Pacific Ocean is getting smaller. In the Pacific Ocean, you've heard of the Ring of Fire. All around the Pacific, there are earthquakes, there are volcanoes. The oceanic crust is being subducted back into the, back into the earth. As a result of that, we have islands like Japan, the Philippines, the Aleutian Islands, the Cascades, and, and the Andes Mountains. All those are a result from those actions of plates, continents moving back and forth, colliding with one another, oceanic plates going below other oceanic plates and continental plates. Where would we be without those continents moving? We would be as flat as the coastal plain, marsh. So the earth is, ama is an amazing place, right? But it's even more, what is even more amazing is life. I'm not going to give you a biology lesson. I'm not a biologist. But I can say that uh, the Earth, the Earth's most advanced and complex creatures are human beings. Yeah. We're set apart from the animals. And throughout human beings' existence, there appears to be some lingering questions. Who are we? Why are we here? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do good things happen to bad people? Well, Job and his friends asked those questions and debated possible answers and debated and debated. If you read Job, it's a long book. Right? A lot of debate going on. Unfortunately, according to God, they had no clue what was going on. Right? God finally answered, but his, God's answers came in the form of more questions. Questions that suggest to me that we will not know the real answers until we leave this physical world over on earth and with God in the spiritual world. Along with Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the angels, and the rest of those human beings whose names are written in the book of life. While we may still have many questions about life, the Bible presents many answers if we study the word and presents how we are to live with love and respect to our fellow human beings, to our neighbors, to those downtrodden, and to those in need. You know the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. For me, that often means I have to get out of my comfort zone and take a risk. But I think that is what we are called to do. I was reading today's devotional from the upper room, and it discusses faith. With a verse from James chapter 2, 20, 26. Anyone who doesn't breathe is dead. And faith that doesn't do anything is just as dead. As Job experienced, take what comes, still worship God, and remain, remain faithful.